Welcome to the Mordcast. Before I get started, I'd like to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Uh, restrictions have been lifted, 50% capacity. Uh, one of the great things about Blanchard is they have um, the ability for you to dine or slash, slash have wine outside. Um, and if you're going to do this, like, look, you're, I am not in a position to be doing that sort of thing um, due to my friend family life circumstances until I get vaccinated. Uh, but um, what you can do, if you are comfortable, you're safe, either you have been vaccinated or um, if you have been uh, are comfortable enough, you can go to the dairy block and kind of sit outside because, look, it's March. It's getting into springtime, folks. So you can go out and have yourself some of the 2017 Cabernet, which is my recommendation. And get it while it lasts, because obviously there ain't an infinite amount of that. Um, aside from that, have some Pinot, specialty of uh, Sonoma County grapes, which is where these are made from. Or, you know, they got whites, they got blends, they got some Rieslings. Um, in fact, they got a couple of uh, partnerships with Western Slope um, uh, Vinery, Vineries, Vineyards. Jeez. Um, <laughs> they got those. But, you know, if you're like me and you can't really afford to, to get out there, uh, not afford, but you can't really risk it right now, go to bfwdenver.com. Get yourself uh, some bottles. Uh, pick yourself up some of that 2017 Cabernet. Um, you can also book a virtual wine tasting at bfwdenver.com, which are insanely popular. Um, you may have to book a month or two in advance, but I would say it's well worth it because they are very popular. Get it while it lasts. Uh, once again, they're located between 18th and 19th in Blake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. Go to bfwdenver.com, bfwdenver.com to pick yourself up uh, a bottle for delivery for curbside pickup or for shipment. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you there. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Mortcast Outside Edition. Yes, as you heard from the ambient noise and me shutting an opening and shutting gates like I'm doing right now, that uh, <laughs> I am outside again because it is beautiful. Um, Denver, after the snowstorm last week, is... Uh, Coming to a nice little period where we're going to be in the 60s. It is very nice outside. I'm just looking at the melt, melting snow as we speak. And this kind of a nice perspective, this almost springtime perspective, has, has instilled in me an optimism and to, to, to temper some of my pessimism, my usual Jeff cynicism. Um, you know... Maybe this started this last Saturday when my dad finally, finally got vaccinated. Okay, it's been, it has been, when I say trial and error, or it's not even error, it's, not even, it's just been a trial to get him vaccinated. And finally, after a month and a half of just putting him on list after list after list, I finally got him vaccinated on his first dose on Saturday, uh, this last Saturday. And i got to tell you what a relief that was. Oh my God, what a relief. Um, and it'll be even more of a relief when my uh, brother who has leukemia gets his first dose. Um, we, we're, we're on the 
we're on the other side. We're starting to get to the other side of this, folks. Um, if we just still socially distance and mask, we're on the other side of this until everyone gets enough vaccination to where you know we can look like we're normal. Uh, on the other, but on, other than that, your Denver Nuggets have won two in a row. Um, it's been a weird year. Uh, the Nuggets are going to be entering into the second half of the season in a strange position that they really haven't faced the last two seasons. Um, they are not. Um, they 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 usually have been well above five hundred heading into the second half of the season, and then they will they will not they will be over five hundred, but not well over five hundred. Um, and it's been a trial and error season. Um, first top note of the first half of the season was the was the note that I have been hammering to you guys over and over and over again on this podcast. This season was about Michael Porter Jr. One hundred percent. No matter how well Nikola Jokic has played, this team, it was completely about integrating and putting Michael Porter Jr. in a position to succeed, which really wasn't happening for the first two months. Uh, And then the last five games or so, they finally figured out how to do it, which is putting him at the four, and uh, it's really worked. Um, And, of course, some buy-in from Porter, but we're not going to be talking about Porter this, this episode. What I am interested in is the Denver Nuggets, uh, particularly Nikola Jokic, had himself a 39.14 rebound, 9 assist game, um, which is great. But one of the more concerning aspects of this was that Jokic was um, hammered like a 2 by 4 by the opposing team, or as I said to a friend of mine via text last night, um, pounded like a side of beef. And it was amazing to watch the absolute reluctance of, of these officials to call fouls. And it really kind of brought into focus, at least for me, a couple of things that I think we need to think about with Jokic. Um, it is hard to officiate big men who are physical. And um, one of the things that is deceiving about Nikola Jokic is the fact that he, even though he looks like, you know, a vanilla pile of jelly, he is not. And he likes to bang in there. And uh, when you are a person who has to officiate these games, particularly in an era that hates big men or has hated big men, then that, I think, is going to change. I'll address this at the end of the podcast. Um, the it becomes a lot more difficult to officiate um, a player. The, this, this league uh, doesn't know how to officiate centers. But you could make the argument that your league has never really had a good idea of how to officiate physical centers. Um, and that part is part of it. But before I cover that, I want to talk to you about the lack of evident respect that Nikola Jokic gets. Um, we have seen moments where we think that he has been getting the adequate amount of respect. And then we see games like this against Chicago, where they could, he could have literally had um, eight or nine trips to the free throw line. He could have. He could, he could have had 18 free throws in this game. Uh, he could have done a Joel Embiid and get most, a lot of his points via the free throw line. Um, for some reason, they 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 don't they don't respect, in my view, Nikola Jokic, the way they do Joel Embiid, and I think probably that some of that is the remnants of 
of Jokic and his perception as a flopper. And I'll be honest with you, I think that if we are all, as Nuggets fans, honest with each other, that is 100% what's going on here, uh, particularly with the, ref- the officiating. There is a perception of Jokic that he will flop to get calls. And I think that if you don't think that hasn't, hasn't been hammered into officials' heads by uh, uh, opposing coaches... If you don't think that players haven't done the same team thing, opposing players, you would be nuts. Uh, obviously, it has been something that has been out there, and I think it is 100% evident what has been going on with that, and it's a general lack of respect. Um, it is a, you need to be, uh, since you're a certain guy, you need to be this finesse guy uh, who stands outside and jacks threes, and in reality, in reality, Jokic is an extremely physical player, um, can bang with the best of them, which is, that's what, that's what he said kind of thing. And uh, he, can, he can do that. You see it on his arms. The, the guy just gets brutalized. Now, some of it, I always thought that Jokic just cuts easy. You don't see this on other players. You don't see Joel Embiid getting sliced to death in the lane. I think maybe just Jokic's skin is like that, but it makes it look worse than it is because I, at one point last night I was watching, I think it was the first quarter, for, no, no, second quarter when uh, right before uh, Malone went ballistic and finally and protected, uh, protected Jokic uh, and got the technical, uh, I looked at Jokic's arms and they were beet red. <laughs> They were beat red. So obviously he had been getting pounded on those arms. And it does, and the rate that he was pounded on those arms did not actually befit um, the fouls that he was accruing or getting on these opposing players, uh, Wendell Carter Jr. and so forth. Um, and it was... You clearly frustrated the Jokic. Well, some of that is this: just the officials are not respecting him, and there. I don't know personally how to change that other than to continue what you're doing. At some point in the league, you just have to just bite, just, just nut up, bite the bullet, accept where the way things are, and just deal with it. And I think that is part. And you let the team mentioned to the league, this is what happened. You, you leave it to the coach who finally, and, and by the way, it was great what Malone did standing up for Nikola Jokic. It was fantastic what he did, all right? I don't think it necessarily shifted the trajectory of the way they were calling the game because it continued to get absolutely brutalized, but it was necessary. And it goes a long way to helping your players. That's one of the th- reasons I think, I mean, I've said this over and over and over for years. Malone's reluctance to get fined has actually uh, uh, been a, a problem for him uh, because it hasn't helped his players. And it's, and it, and it's kind of leaned into a, um, sometimes you've got to donate money in order to make a point, Period. And that that part is something that I, I, I think Malone has missed in his career as a Denver Nuggets coach is the lack of, of understanding of strategic fines. 
And I think Malone's always saying, I don't want to give money to the NBA is a bad thing. However, him getting that technical for the brief moment uh, did actually help in more of a psychological way with Nikola Jokic. 100%. You could tell they was like, okay, he's going to stand up for me. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Um, part two of this is, 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 let me just be blunt with you guys. Uh, the NBA doesn't know how to officiate centers. Um, and, and, and the big thing about this is, like, Joel Embiid accrues fouls, but he is more of a face-up guy. He is not a back-to-the-basket guy. And uh, Nikola Jokic, for all of his passing skill and his other attributes, is very much not a... Uh, face the basket guy. He is a. He is more in a back to the basket, back him down, get the advantage, um, either score or pass out of it. Um, in, in in a lot of those scoring plays of his, uh, he does do face ups too. Joel Embiid is a face up center, and it is easier to draw fouls when you face up. Uh, Hakeem Olajuwon got a lot of fouls. Um, because he was attacking and facing the basket. When guys are back to the basket, guys like Shaq, um, for whatever reason, the perception is different. The perception of contact, uh, particularly when you're backing someone down, you're gaining position, uh, you still have good footwork, all that stuff. Officials get fooled. Um, one of the, and and there, that is where I'm going to draw the correlation between Shaquille O'Neal and Nikola Jokic. Um, despite Shaq's issues and his constant talking down of modern players, um, Shaquille O'Neal is, was probably of the last 35 years, his period between 1999 and 2002, 2003, uh, even up to 2004, uh, particularly in the playoffs, is some of the most dominant years you've ever seen from a, of, on a center. Um, if I'm going to draw a correlation or a comparison between Nikola Jokic and some of the past players, one of the first things I'm going to do is going to go to Shaq. Shaq became a good passer by the end of his time with the Lakers, but um, the refs didn't know how to officiate him. And what happened is rather than accommodating Shaquille O'Neal, they went the opposite direction and they started altering rules in order to make Shaq less uh, dominant, essentially is what it was. This is kind of a similar situation, although the, the league isn't you know, doing rules right now to alter Jokic's dominance. Uh, what, they, what is happening is within the current construct and within the frame of, of, of reference, the rules are tilted really probably, and I would say unfairly, towards wing players. And wing players get the benefit of the doubt because their spacing is exaggerated, right? We've, we've talked about this over and over. Spacing in the league is kind of all funhouse mirror. Uh, it's unnatural, spacing. There, there's, no, there's no reason for the lane to be that open. Um, and it rewards guards, and it rewards uh, attacking wing players, period. It is a it is a, it is designed to quote unquote open up the game. That was the sole purpose of of changing the illegal defense rules and enforcing hand checking uh, fouls. One hundred percent. 
Jokic has, has is so unique in the fact that he does everything that I think officials are just not they're, they're not prepared for it. They're, they don't know what to do, and because he gets a lot of his uh, a lot of his points backing up to the basket, um, they just they just don't see for whatever reason. And like I said, it's been a traditional thing with refing. Um, uh, centers is that they just don't know how to uh, ref people who are back to the basket players. Uh, Jokic will get fouled on a prodigious rate and it just isn't uh, rewarded. It's not rewarded in the slightest. And that is really, really difficult to accept. Um because it seems like officials should know Nikola Jokic and know how he plays. Um, I think ideally, we've talked about this over uh, over a period of time, and, and going back to uh, Game 7 against the Clippers, Jokic had something like 16 points, uh, something like 13, 14 assists, uh, 15 rebounds, you know, it was, it was, you know, we look at that now and we think, oh, well, that's kind of a ho-hum game. Um, I, Bill Simmons, who I don't always quote and I think is kind of a hack, uh, he, <laughs> no offense, Bill, but, you know, if I hear about Boston ever again, I'm, I'm, I'm going to scream. Um, Bill Simmons, and when he did his pod with Ryan Rosillo afterwards, said that was the most dominant uh, performance by a center they had seen for a long time. And it was absolutely true. That is the ideal Jokic. Um, not a guy who has to score 30, 39 points. A guy who will get you 16 to 20 points, but also give you 15 assists. That's the ideal version of Nikola Jokic. And it was, he can control the game like that, and it's, and it's, and it's dominant. What happens in these situations, the more that he has to try to score, the more he gets beat up, and the more the lack of calls from the refs because they don't know how to, they don't know how to ref back down centers uh, becomes a problem. And I think the more you look at it, the more you, the, you, you see how he is refed, the more you see how he... It sounds like making excuses, and it's not. But the more you look at the situation as it is and the way it, it comes about with the way the fouls are called and how many he gets, you understand that he is achieving these things despite getting beat to a buddy pulp like Shaq circa 2002. Which, or Shaq circa 2000. Which... To be honest with you folks, is not a bad comparison. And if he's anywhere near as dominant as Shaq, that's a good sign for the Denver Nuggets. And hopefully over time things get easier and he doesn't his arms aren't as red as uh, beats anymore and he gets to be and he gets to be um Kind of more relaxed when it comes to <laughs> it comes to going into the post. I don't. I don't. I don't think that's going to happen because look, the post is a is a uh, is a brutal place, and there's a reason that the NBA did what it did to limit post play. 
So, we shall see. Anyway, thank you all for joining me in the latest Morecast, part of the CSG Network. I will be back, uh, hopefully soon, to talk to you about your Denver Nuggets. Sayonara.